Hello, I am Jeremy Kingsbury. This is Way Too Twog's Bagpipe and History Podcast, the show where you come along with me as I explore the likely repertoire of 18th and early 19th century bagpipers. Let's listen to some tunes. So I have been a little confused lately. I thought I had to do an episode last week because the album was coming out like today. Um, but the album's coming out next week, so it means I didn't need to do an episode last week to get ready for it. But uh, I clearly, I missed everybody anyway. So uh, anyway, so this episode uh, is going to come out not early, but right in the nick of time, probably. Um, right around midnight here. Uh, but just wanted to remind y'all, next week I am releasing Oyster Wives Rant, and that's going to be released right at midnight, my time on Friday. And uh, yeah. We're going to have a bit of like a live stream thing, concert, sit around, drink whiskey, talk uh, on the Facebook page for the podcast at about 7 p.m. I'll post another reminder in the podcast feed if anybody wants to come and check that out. Um, Yeah, that'll be at 7 p.m. I think I'm going to wind up doing a bit of a live stream when I release the album, too, uh, just to... Yeah, just because <laughs> I'm kind of nervous and excited about it. Uh, it's sort of, it's a bummer. I wish there was a way for the booklet to be more um, visible, but you can only get the booklet that comes with the album if you buy the album and download it, and then it shows up in your folder. Um, I've pasted all of the text into a, a website, on the or into a, a page on the website, but uh, it doesn't, you just don't see all the formatting and stuff. So if anybody knows a good way to kind of host PDFs, um, so I can paste them into the podcast website. I'd appreciate it. It's not, uh, yeah, it, it can handle, I can upload JPEGs and like, you know, sound, uh, maybe not sound files, but I can upload podcast feeds, obviously, but I can't upload uh, actual PDF collections uh, and host them on the podcast. Uh, so I got to figure that out. Anyway, that's what's happening next week. This week, what we're listening to today um it was going to be just kind of a random episode of a bunch of different tunes, and then as I was kind of playing through these today, uh, a theme emerged of Roslyn Castle. So um, we're going to have a couple outliers that don't fit into that, but um, a lot of the tunes today have something to do with Roslyn Castle. Uh, but first, I've been more than a little obsessed with border pipes lately. Um, I got super excited um, by the pre-sales, and I decided I was going to you know, buy a border pipe, because I was clearly going to make so much money, um, which is nonsense, <laughs> and kind of went from that, that bagpipe high a couple, um, yeah, a, a week ago to uh, existential dread of academic job market and running out of funding um, this week, so anyway, I'm glad I did not uh, impulsively buy a couple bagpipes that I almost pulled the trigger on um, that were not quite what I was looking for, and also yeah, it would have been a stopgap that now I'm glad I'll be able to pay rent for another half month. Um, anyway, so I've been obsessed with border pipe tunes, so we're going to start with William Dixon. Uh, I'm going to play Saw You Never, A Bonnie Lass on Illin Pipes. Um, I love the Santa Dixon tunes and Highland Pipes. I thought I would try them on Illin Pipes, and Saw You Never, Bonnie Lass is such an awesome tune. Uh, I think it it works. It's much more difficult to play Dixon tunes on Ellen pipes than it is on Highland pipes. That's for sure. Just based on where the notes are. Um, anyway, so do, so you never Bonnie last, and I'm going to play Vickers manuscript setting for kissed her under the coverlet. Uh, as Matt says in the book, uh, he kind of, he kind of sees those tunes as being similar. So Vickers coming along, 
was it like 50 years later, 40 years later, 1770, uh, with a, a tune that has developed a little bit uh, or changed a bit. Uh, then we're going to go to Fitzmaurice. Uh, I've been playing through Fitzmaurice's collection uh, for, uh, well, over the break. Uh, it's a really cool, really cool book. We're going to talk about Fitzmaurice um, in more detail later. Uh, he was an Irish piper in, I think, Edinburgh is where he lived. And um, yeah, there's some interesting stuff about him. I found him in some newspaper ads and read some things and talked with Keith Sanger about him a bit. So uh, Fitzmaurice will get some more episodes in the future, but today we're going to listen to Loose the Belt, which is just a rad tune. I really like it. Uh, and then I'm going to play a set uh, of one Fitzmaurice tune and then one tune from the Hamilton's Universal Tune Book. Uh, Hamilton's Universal Tune Book was published in 1853 in Glasgow, and it's just full of these just tunes from all over the place. Uh, so this is the Berlin Waltz. Uh, and then from Berlin Waltz, we're going to go into Fitzmaurice's trip to Roslyn Castle. Uh, which is where our Roslyn Castle journey begins. Um, once we do that, we're going to listen to, uh, I think we'll start with James Manson's setting for Roslyn Picnic. Anyway, we're going to play James Manson's setting, which is uh, where David Glenn gets the setting um, in his book from the 1870s, 1880s, uh, Roslyn Picnic. We're going to listen to later Donald MacDonald's 1828 setting for Roslyn Castle uh, into McFarland's Lilt. Uh, and then I'm going to play Angus Mackay's setting for Roslyn Castle as well. It's a really different tune. Uh, if you remember last week, people have supposed that Mackay didn't include dotting and cutting on a stress base or on any reel, and you were just supposed to do that yourself. But um, Roslyn Castle in a lot of places shows up as a stress bay, but Angus Mackay's setting sounds like a kitchen piping tune if you play it straight, um, so it's pretty rad. Uh, we're also going to hear someplace in there, my notes are out of order, uh, William McGibbon's 1746 setting for Roslyn Castle, which is a wildly different tune um, than the other ones, than these these piping tunes, um, but it's also a really common tune. So it shows up in McKibben's, it shows up in various Bremner publications. Uh, it's definitely a very popular tune. So we'll play that older setting for the song, Roslyn Castle. Uh, and then we'll finish off with O'Farrell's Pay the Reckoning. Um, Pay the Reckoning is also known as Jackson's Bottle of Brandy. And the reason I'm playing it, the other name it goes by is Bobbing for Eels, I believe because uh, I've got a bit of an account of somebody making a visit to Roslyn Castle in the 1770s, uh, Marianne Hanway, and she talks about um, the good trout and eels there. So anyway, we will talk about that later. Uh, let's start the music off with William Dixon's Saw You Never a Bonnie Lass on Ellen Pipes. <laughs> Thank you. 
professional as this, huh? Um, so a couple things happened. <laughs> One, I decided I couldn't bear the sound of that tune on Island Pipes. I actually think I deleted the Halfway Decent recording. Um, I was pretty... I, I played through it for about, I don't know, a half hour, 40 minutes, uh, many different times trying to get that right on Island Pipes, so much so that I missed the lovely session that uh, Donald Lindsay did today uh, for the Border Pipe Society on playing Jack Latin, another Dixon tune that I'm quite fond of. Um, so anyway, I listened back to me playing the whole track on Island Pipes, and it, it was a little, it's a little goofy, man. I don't, I'm not, not a fan of it. So I uh, decided to cache that and then decided I was going to record one more thing on Highland Pipes and, and went and re-recorded Saw You Never a Bonnie Lass on Highland Pipes, um, but that's pushed everything back. So now you can hear in the background uh, the shower running because <laughs> it's late, uh, but still going to get this done. So anyway, here is me playing Saw You Never a Bonnie Lass on Highland Pipes uh, all the way through <laughs> rather than aborting it. Uh, kind of towards the middle, like I just did on Ellen Pipes.
that's got to be one of the better of the Dixon tunes. Uh, like I said, I've been listening to a lot of border piping lately, and it keeps coming up. Keep hearing some awesome renditions of it. So, anyway, let's move on to the next tune. So this is in the book. Uh, with you know, so in Matt Seattle's book, he's got "Saw You Never Bunny Lass," and then right afterward, "Kissed Her Under the Coverlet" is sort of a hybrid his setting and William Vickers setting. Uh, I'm just playing Matt's setting. Uh, Vickers puts it in a slightly different key, but uh, Matt and others think that it's just kind of written. It's got an error in it, and it shouldn't be set where Vickers put it. Uh, and it looks like Matt has added uh, an ending strain on each of these pieces. But uh, you can kind of hear a bit of a similarity between So You Never, uh, Bonnie Lass, and Kiss Her Under the Coverlet. But good tune. Strapped on the small pipes to play it. Um, still... I don't know. I found a workaround. Like I said, I'm not sure if I mentioned on the podcast, but these um, small pipes make my arm go numb when I'm playing them, my left arm, uh, which is a little concerning. So I, I kind of hoped to get small pipes so I could just leave them strapped on and play them forever, and that would be my fun thing. But uh, instead, I have to be kind of careful about how long I play it. But today, I did a big no-no uh, and found a workaround of kind of leaving my left arm stable and using my bellows to kind of generate the pressure, which I know is not what you're supposed to do, but it worked, and my arm didn't go numb, so that is good. Uh, really, <laughs> yeah, really need to get hired someplace awesome and buy a bunch of new bagpipes. Um, anyway, so here is Kister Under the Coverlet on the Small Pipes. And uh, now we'll go back to Ellen Pipes. Um, I think it's the first... Did I play a Fitzmaurice tune last week? I don't think I did. Um, like I said, Fitzmaurice has kind of started... 
I can't remember who was telling me about this. I was definitely, I made some statements about uh, O'Farrell or that there weren't a heck of a lot of Irish pipers writing their own music. And uh, Keith Sanger said, well, Fitzmaurice did. <laughs> and, and told me some others too. And once, as soon as kind of Keith helped me find the Google book version of Fitzmaurice, it's been interesting to look at. Um, there's some stuff we're going to talk about in future episodes in there, like Irish washerwoman and gold ring. Um, but uh, not doing that this week. Um, this week we're just kind of playing some tunes that I liked out of it. So the first one, this is maybe my favorite tune in Fitzmaurice's um, collection. This was published in 1805. The Google Books thing says this is volume two. When you look through the book, it's clear that there's like several different publications in one. So I'm not 100% sure on the way it works. But it's called The New Collection of Irish Tunes Adapted for the Piano Forte, Union Pipe, Flute, and Violin. Uh, but anyway, like I said, Fitzmaurice was an inland piper in um, Edinburgh, I think. Maybe in Glasgow, but I think Edinburgh. Um, definitely got around and like, kind of gave traveling shows, which, like I said, we'll talk about when the guy gets his own episode. Um, so first, here we are. This is Loose the Belt. Um, or Lose the Belt? I think it's Loose the Belt, but... Uh, Really cracking tune. This next set is uh, first a tune from Hamilton's Universal Tune Book, which is, a, like I said, kind of a cool collection of tunes. A lot of tunes in there from 1853 is when it's published. Uh, this one's called the Berlin Waltz, uh, and then I kind of play it as a set into another tune from Fitzmaurice. Uh, this one is 
uh, Fitzmaurice's trip to Roslyn Castle. Um, both Fitzmaurice's trip to Roslyn Castle and um, Loose the Belt, I couldn't really find any other, like a tune archive anyway, doesn't have any alternative alternate tunes that it's like known by. So it might just be kind of a one and done tune or just not made it into the archive yet. Not sure. Uh, but anyway, same thing with Berlin Waltz. I kind of couldn't was thinking that it might have a different name or be around, but it, it also is pretty invisible in traditional tune archive. But it is an awesome tune. Uh, I was trying to get Ryan Benke to like do something awesome with it. Uh, hopefully he will <laughs> when uh, his album comes out, maybe. Fingers crossed. It'll be him doing something wicked with Berlin Waltz. But I think uh, I sent him Berlin Waltz uh, the music for it. Like, here you go, Ryan, do something cool with this. And then he just kept sending me tracks of him playing other tunes in Hamilton's tune book. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure that I'm going to get a sweet Berlin Waltz, uh, track from Ryan, but anyway, here's Berlin Waltz into Fitzmaurice's trip to Rosalyn Castle. Thank you. 
All right, so we're going to do one more Illin Pipe tune. Um, I've been, you know, it's winter. <laughs> it's winter time is my excuse. Uh, I actually thought about um, thought about the podcast and assumed that I'd play a lot more Highland Pipes in the wintertime because the Illin Pipes are kind of so finicky to, to keep sounding nice or to get to sound nice in the winter. So I, I've been experimenting with not using the tuner, but just seeing if it sounds good to my ear and I don't know. I think the whole channer is just a little flat and I'm scared to make the adjustments to fix it and make irreparable harm. <laughs> so I don't know. I will just make some decision on that in the future after consulting some people. Tune here. This is William McGibbon setting for Roslyn Castle with an E at the end of Roslyn. Um, there's several Roslyn Castle tunes. This one is probably... Uh, it was certainly a, a quite famous song in the kind of early to mid 18th century. Uh, it shows up in lots of settings, um, lots of tune books and publications and things. Robert Bremner has a setting for it. Um, but uh, like I said, this one is William McGibbons. So here's William McGibbons' uh, 1746 setting for Rosalind Castle. that like that tune quite a bit actually um so interesting I've, I've been making some decent progress on my dissertation i was looking for sources written by scottish women in the 18th century or people talking about scottish women specifically in the late 18th century and came across this pretty great book uh it's really just a publication of letters from mary ann hanway um title of the book i'll make a link in the the google book for you um but it is called uh, Journey to the Highlands of Scotland with Occasional Remarks on Dr. Johnson's Tour. And it's in 1775 is when this gal is kind of trampsing around Scotland and has many sharp observations and kind of complaining observations as well. Um, but she actually talks about Rosalind Castle, and I had already been a fan of Fitzmaurice's trip to Rosalind Castle, the tune, and so when I was reading through these letters, I saw Rosalind Castle noted it. And now revisiting it, I think it's clear she's actually talking about the tune that we just listened to from McGibbon. So I'm just going to go ahead and read you this letter. Um, and I'm going to read some other stuff from her too, but... Uh, 
I'll just read this letter until I get sick of it, <laughs> I guess. But uh, she talks about the food in here. That's pretty interesting. But anyway, so this is letter eight to Lady Mary B with the actual name blanked out uh, from Edinburgh, August 18th, 1775. When we returned to Edinburgh, my dear Lady Mary, we made a party to dine at Rosalind Castle, a place which hath given its name to one of their pretty plaintive tunes of which you are such an admirer. We are apt to consider such places as the classic ground of Scotland, which hath certainly produced some pathetic poets as well as illustrious historians. And we have as much pleasure in sitting under the bushes of Traquare, sorry about the pronunciation, the Burks of Indremay, or the Banks of the Tweed, listening to the songs of the poets, as in reading the profounder pages of philosophy or tracing the biographical annals of the historic muse. Rosin Castle is situated on a little hillock on the east bank of the river Esk. It appears by the thickness of the walls and the extent of the foundation to have been a strong place and was the seat of a prince of Orkney who, uh, who an old woman, the Cicerone of the place, assured us was the second man in the kingdom and that his wife was dressed in velvet. Uh, this was all the information she could give us and therefore all I can give you. Uh, anyway, she goes on to talk about the chapel um, kind of Rosalind Chapel in pretty long detail. Um, but what, I don't know. One of the things I really liked about it. Yeah. She just adds this little detail on page 71 near this place is a pretty little inn where we had the most excellent trout and eels just taken from the river below us. The poultry too was superior, uh, to what we generally meet with and the civility of the people rendered is one of the most agreeable jaunts I have yet had. I don't know. Something about describing the food uh, i just like hearing about food in the 1770s i don't know uh, anyway so let's do Roslyn uh, picnic so this is a tune from james manson i found it in david glenn's collection uh it's from the 1880s 90s ish 70s um so it's an older tune I'm not sure where james manson comes from david glenn has many people contributing tunes um, but yeah, this one is Rosalind Picnic. It's a 2-4 march, which is a uh, type of tune I'm hoping to get better at over this year. Stress Bays and 2-4 quick marches are cool tunes that I need more practice with. But uh, this one's pretty, pretty rockin'.
So there's a tune just called Rosalind Castle that shows up in Donald McDonald's collection and Angus Mackay and similar, you know, they're the same tune, but uh, Donald McDonald has it as a stress bay and Mackay has it just as a reel. And like I said last week, um, some people argue that Angus Mackay wrote everything straight with the understanding that people would turn it into a reel. But the tune itself is, uh, like I said, it's pretty cool. I think I said that in the introduction. It kind of comes off as kitchen piping if you just play it straight. So I'm just going to play you the Angus Mackay setting for Roslyn Castle uh, straight. letters uh she makes some pretty funny observations and i'm gonna show up in my dissertation uh basically arguing that premarital sex or babies out of wedlock isn't a problem in scotland because the women aren't attractive enough because of hard labor or hard work um which is a pretty hot take um also talks about the stool of repentance being an effective um you know, an effective block. Um, but one of the later letters, she talks about bagpiping specifically, compliments the dancing though. Um, so I'm just going to read an excerpt from this one. I guess it's from page 132. They love dancing to excess and are the best country dancers I ever saw and keep it up, as the phrase is, for hours together with a life, vivacity, and spirit of which you can have no conception. In many houses, they still retain the ancient custom of the pipers playing all the time the company are at dinner on his horrid bagpipes this is to me more dreadful than the grunting of pigs the screaming of owls and the squalling of cats all these creatures in a concert would be to my ears pleasing compared to this disordinate instrument to which i have a natural antipathy like this sort of putting it on a little thick isn't it like i don't know Part of me, I, I wondered if the, I, I don't know, I guess we know that the, the roots of people complaining about bagpipes, even if they've heard good ones, uh, goes back to the 1770s at least. <laughs> Didn't, uh, yeah, hadn't, hadn't broken to that custom. I'm assuming she will have heard a good bagpiper by the end of her visit to Scotland, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, anyway, let's do one last tune, uh, a country dance that she would enjoy. I mean, she says she doesn't like it at dinner, but you'd think there was bagpipes playing for the country dances, which she enjoys. Maybe not. Um, anyway, here is, uh, Rosalind Castle, uh, from Donald McDonald. So Donald McDonald has it as a stress bay. And then the tune right below it is McFarland's lilt. Uh, and it just, I wanted to play it. So this is Rosalind Castle's a stress bay into McFarland's lilt from Donald McDonald in 1828. Surely a tune that, um, our author would have hated if it was being played right behind her, but liked if it was dancing. <laughs> I'm not sure. Cheers.
took a little creative license there at the end. Uh, the way Donald McDonald was writing the grace notes uh, and McFarlane's lilt between each D note, the D da D da D da da da, there were two low G grace notes, um, which to me kind of made it sound like it was supposed to sound like a grip. Actually, um, never been a hundred percent sure. Like I said, on the the gracing notation on these old old manuscripts, but uh, I thought it worked. But turned a two-part thing into a four-part thing by experimenting with it. Anyway, actually, the last tune we're going to listen to today is from O'Farrell. This one's called Pay the Reckoning. Uh, I was looking for a tune about eels to play to remember or to kind of punctuate the story about eating eels and trout from Marianne Hanway's letter at Roslyn Castle. Um, and this tune is also known as Bobbing for Eels. I couldn't really figure out where it is known that, but on Traditional Tune Archive, it shows up as Bobbing for Eels or Jackson's Bottle of Brandy, um, but it shows up in O'Farrell as Pay the Reckoning. Uh, it does not, for the record, it doesn't show up in Jackson's own book, uh, Jackson's Bottle of Brandy. It also doesn't show up in... Um, like James Aird has like half a dozen or so Jackson tunes doesn't show up in there either. So, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, and the art, the really excellent article about Walker Jackson, um, kind of mentioned that far more tunes are attributed to him than he actually wrote almost certainly. Uh, and it's also since O'Farrell has what, like a dozen Jackson tunes in his, um, collection, I would assume that he would use the Jackson title. But anyway, here is Pay the Reckoning or Bobbing for Eels, one last tune to commemorate Mary Ann Hanway's uh, letters and lovely meal there at uh, Roslyn Castle. So thanks, everybody. Uh, like I said, next week on Friday, I'm going to have a live stream concert thing uh, uh, to kind of launch the album. And uh, there's going to be official one at seven my time. I think it's seven. I'll have a link in the show notes and like i said i will also probably do a quick little live stream at uh, at midnight when i click the button that releases the album so um yeah thanks for listening we are probably gonna pass ten thousand downloads um yeah i don't know i guess we technically already have passed ten thousand downloads um with season four but uh we're gonna pass ten thousand downloads with the new host um, pretty soon here, which feels awesome. And just kind of looking at the tabulation for applying for some funding to do a grant, uh, I was trying to look at like where, how many listeners I had and where they're all from. And I posted on Facebook, but like we, I've list y'all are all over the place. Um, listeners in 60 countries, uh, it's pretty awesome. I mean, not every week, but over the span that the podcast has existed, people have downloaded from 60 countries. And like every episode, it's there's generally a strong showing of um, like 8 to 12 that have enough people that it shows up on the, the list and then a bunch of others. But uh, anyway, thank you for listening. It means a lot. And um, hope you're able to come and check out the live stream um, for the album release and can pick up the album on Friday for Bandcamp Friday. It'll be good fun stuff um yeah anyway here is pay the reckoning cheers <laughs>